you are Locked On the NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome, everybody, to your favorite day of the week. I'm your host, Adam Mares. Anthony Irwin taking the week off. So I'm joined today by Matt Moore, senior NBA writer for the Action Network. Matt, what's going on? I'm doing great. Also, co-host of the Locked On Nuggets podcast. This will be a very Nuggets-heavy first segment as we break down Nuggets Jazz, which I think was a really interesting game. There was a lot of interesting things that happened in this one. Yeah, uh, a weird game, I think. Sure. Like anything that you had a 27-1 run. <laughs> yeah. That's a pretty weird game. Uh, Nuggets down three starters. Gary Harris out with uh, a personal issue. Um, hopefully that will be resolved soon in the best of way possible. Um, Mason Plumley out too. No Mike Conley for the Jazz. Mm. Uh, jazz on a back-to-back because the league insists on scheduling national TV games with teams on back-to-backs, yeah. which is stupid. Yeah. Uh, but a whole bunch of interesting matchups here, and uh, you know me. I love I love them division games. And those oh, yeah. Division uh, game. Nuggets go to 7-0 in division. That's huge. Jazz fall to 4-3. and three. So, um, real quick, pre- preview this for me. Tiebreaker, not just in division, but tiebreaker overall. So, say Denver and the Rockets finish with the mm-hmm. same record. Is division the n- divisional record the next tiebreaker? Yes. Uh, or head to head and then divisional record. Right. Well, if it's the Rockets, it won't because they're not in the same division. However, um, if, and they would both presumably win their division. So, let's, okay. let's say the Jazz finish two. Okay. And the Rockets and Nuggets tie for three and four. Okay. And they split the season series. The Rockets would win their division over Dallas and the Nuggets would lose the Jazz. Oh, I see. So, the Rockets would actually go uh, ahead. Gotcha. But what's really key is like if this is if this is a three way tie between the Rockets, the Jazz, and the Nuggets, yeah. division winner has to go ahead. And then, like, all of this gets into the stuff matters. Like, yeah. I keep, I've been yelling about this for years that these early games in the season really do matter. And if you want to look at it this way, if the Nuggets are trying to get an advantage over teams that do not have their division locked up and they need an extra edge, and even they're in competition with Utah for one of these top seeds, like they're two versus four right now. Um, look, they've got a three game lead in the, in the loss column versus the Jazz and division. So if the Nuggets take one of the next three, right, that division record is going to wind up mattering a lot. Right. So let's get into this game because it was just. Uh, it, it was a really great matchup. It featured two all-star centers. Congrats to Rudy Gobert. What Gobert lost this game, and he kind of got, in my opinion, kind of got dominated by Jokic. He played really well for a lot of this game, but down the stretch, Jokic really took over. He still had a great day. First all-star appearance, and he made a million-dollar bonus on top of that. Not bad. Um, he also <laughs> shot 9-10 from the field. I thought Rudy was actually excellent offensively. Yeah. Like, he was finishing stuff inside, hit some really tough shots. Even that, that... defensively, if you look at that first-half mm-hmm. shot, shot chart for Denver, they were like three of twelve around the rim. I mean, yeah. yeah, he, he, was, he, was he had some, it. he had some switches. I thought inside that were really phenomenal too in terms of closing stuff out. But yeah, look, Gobert deserved the All Star nod. No question. In terms of being a, a player worthy of it, um, he's a huge part of why Utah is so successful. Uh, he did get absolutely, I think, burnt to a crisp by Jokic late in this game tonight. But Gobert, I think, is finally capturing the kind of success that they. Jazz fans have desperately been yeah. pleading for, and like, hey, honestly, he wanted it last year. Like, it, yeah. it means a lot to him, and I'm I'm glad that he gets to have that experience because, uh, regardless of how I feel about the All Star game in particular, <laughs> I do think that he's like an All Star caliber player. Yeah, um, this game. So Denver's down three starters. They're also down. Uh, Mason Plumlee, a backup center, mm-hmm. and a game against Rudy Gobert. Of course, you know the, those. I think matter. Denver managing to get this win, and not just this win. They've actually weathered the storm with all of these guys out over the last six or seven games. 
To me, this is the most impressive stretch of basketball for Denver, and it's allowed them to play guys like Michael Porter Jr. P.J. Dozier might be a diamond in the rough. Jeremy Grant and Jokic, you know, when, when the Nuggets signed Jeremy Grant over the summer, you kind of thought, okay, that's the power forward of the future. First two months, they didn't really share the court a whole lot together. They have over the last month. I think this is a very important stretch of basketball that the Denver Nuggets are on right now. Yeah, I mean, they're finding solutions to things and finding things that work, and they kind of struggle with that, honestly, for the first couple of months. Is they're winning games, but it hasn't. We've, you know, unlocked on Nuggets, we've talked a lot about like why stuff hasn't felt like they're winning all the time or what the problems seem to be and how many weird issues they've had pop up. Um, I also think that to a certain degree, it's why I'm so critical sometimes of teams especially when fans will continuously say, like, oh, but this guy's out or this guy's out. Right. I keep saying this, like, look, guys, everybody's got injuries. Yeah. Like, Portland's got injuries. Denver's got injuries. Oh, yeah. especially this time of year. We're getting ready for injury. the All-Star yeah. game. Everybody's got injuries throughout the season. Yeah. And a lot of it is is your coaching and your development staff, your roster, your your draft department, your free agency department, your, G, your front office, your analytics guys. Is your organization good enough to weather that storm? And the reality is that the last two seasons, Denver has faced the middle of the year – like the, the turn of the year, down multiple starters, and has weathered the storm. And whether that's coaching the roster or just Jokic being awesome, they have lived through injuries better than most teams. One of the guys that they have really discovered over this stretch of January basketball has been Michael Porter Jr. to tonight. 12 points, 12 rebounds, 2 assists, a steal, and a block. He was a plus 8. This is all in 25 minutes. Finishes 5 of 11 and 2 of 4 from the 3-point line. You obviously, I think a lot of people see the highlights, which are very impressive with him. But let's now look. This month is like the first month he's really played. What's, let's take big picture. What do you? What's your evaluation of Michael Porter Jr. at this point? Uh, he's gonna be an All Star in two years. Two. Okay, not next year, but after. Not next year, but after. I think. Okay. Uh, I think he starts next year. I think that he has so many. He has so many moments per game that just absolutely stun you. Like just shock you with how talented he is and it jumps off there are certain things like it goes against a lot of the stuff that i pay attention to in basketball because i i'm always like i take the stars for granted to a certain degree because i'm like they get enough attention and they're stars like, right that's what yeah, they do. yeah for like sure. they're the best players on the planet and if i do deep dives I'll, I'll be more impressed with them but like with porter he'll screw up so many of the little things and make so many common mistakes and you know even his shot selection sometimes is like i would normally be like is that a good shot but then i'm like he's open because the guy can't get in the space because yeah. he's so freaking tall that hesitation jumper he hit tonight was just amazing <laughs> uh, the, those are the unguardable ones yeah so it's just like okay he if he's just, doing that now he has that ability to hit those those shots and that just it fundamentally changes the game like he's gonna have stretches maybe as soon as this year definitely next year where he's gonna have quarters where he dominates the game like he just takes over games i think maybe the pacers game oh is yeah one totally. you can point to that he did that um, he's going to have those, and they're going to happen more and more consistently. I, I, I do not think that there is a superlative that is too much for Michael Porter Jr. And I am not a person right. that goes that far on players as, as young as he is that make as many mistakes as he does that have as many injuries as he does. I, I just can't help it because of the talent is so readily apparent. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. The the talent really jumps out. Torrey Craig tonight, thirteen points, ten rebounds, but. It, He's an interesting one for Denver because, you know, he's on the offensive end, he has, you know, really clogged things up more often than not. But he's the only guy Denver has that can shut down Donovan Mitchell type players, which he did tonight. Um, Donovan Mitchell had a very forgettable night, one of 12 from the field, just four points in 35 minutes. 
that to me that was a credit to Torrey Craig and maybe a little bit of a credit to playing on a back to back with travel in between for the Utah Jazz. Um, but but Torrey Craig, an interesting piece for the Denver Nuggets and, and one that I think is extremely valuable in the postseason, much more than the regular season, which makes a weird dynamic. Let's talk about the Jazz though, because they've been really hot. They've kind of uh, done the typical Jazz thing where maybe they started a little bit below the pack and now they're surging. What do you see from them tonight and just kind of what do you see from them in general? So, I, again, weird game, back-to-back, no Conley, etc. This is the big key for me. Like, look, okay, the Jazz are now 9-12 and 12 versus teams over 500. Oh, wow. Uh, to put that in comparison, the Nuggets are now 13 and 8. The Clippers are 13 and 9. The Lakers are 14 and 9. The Rockets are 11 and 10. You have to get down to the Mavericks before you start hitting the sub 500 wow. versus teams over 500 that, in the West. That matters. Uh, versus teams under 500, the Jazz are a stellar 23 and 4. When you're looking at that number, you're always looking at number of losses. You want to keep your number of losses below 10 to teams under 500. Um, they have the second fewest in the West behind the Lakers. Mm. They absolutely beat up and just trounce the bad teams, and they haven't been able to find consistent success against the good teams. I don't think that this is one. It doesn't matter for playoff positioning. Playoff position is entirely determined by playoff by your record versus teams under 500, your record at home where they're good, and your record versus division teams where they're not so good, but they'll probably improve and rack up some more wins versus the Wolves, etc. Down the line, um, it, they're going to finish with the top four to five seed. That's the most that they would fall. I think they're going to be top four. I'm yeah, sure. I, I would agree. Um, the problem is going to be for matchups. Like, do these games really show you matchup yeah. difficulties? And I think that we've seen they have trouble with the Lakers because the Lakers have the link to neutralize Gobert, right? Yeah. Uh, they lose this one to the Nuggets. Now, look, I expect the Nuggets and Jazz probably to finish 2-2. Two and two. Look, I think that's probably where it ends up as they go 2-2. Two and two. Yeah. It may be even be home and home. Yeah. Um, they're, they're two really good teams that can match up each other, and it's going to depend on context of who's playing and who's not and who has a good night, et cetera. Like, Donovan Mitchell's probably not going to have this kind of performance again. Um, but I do think with the Jazz, the big key is they can be really good and they can be really efficient, but they're going to have to get the right series of domino matchups in the playoffs if they want to make a run. And those that path is real narrow. Is it a hot take if I say think every team in the West has this? I think Lakers yes. may be less so. It, it is a hot it's take. Not, it's not a hot take. I, right. I actually think this is kind of true. There's teams that I look at, like Utah and Denver mm-hmm. and Houston and the Clippers, and I say they have a path to the finals. They also have a path to a first-round loss, and, and maybe even a path to a humiliating first-round loss in certain right. cases because they just don't match up well. So there's an interesting paper, rock, scissors in the Western Conference, I think. Um, you mentioned Mitchell did have a terrible night. I'm with you. He's I Even also, with a great defender? I, I, I have a feeling that we're going to hear tomorrow that certain players are questionable for their next game with flu, oh. with flu-like symptoms. Oh. I, I think they, I think that that's going around, too. Do you think, uh, so if that's the case, do you think uh, Quinn Snyder said, you know what, I know you guys aren't feeling well tonight, but we really need you to get the Nuggets sick. So um, <laughs> just, go, just, <laughs> just go out there and breathe heavy. Just, no, but tonight Donovan Mitchell d- definitely looked like, I mean, I, it's a believable thing because he right. didn't look like himself. Jordan Clarkson did, 37 points. I mean, this is, I think, his second highest scoring output of his career. And then Boyan Bogdanovich, 6 of 10. The Jazz actually shot 46% from three on yeah. 37 attempts. They're great shooters. So they are great shooters, but this is just sort of another thing that, you know, Denver got a win down four players, three starters, and gave up 46% on 37 threes. Still managed to get a win. I, I, to me, I'm actually more encouraged for Denver than I am anything. Um, all right, let's take a break. When we come back on the other side, the All-Star Reserves were announced. Did they get it right? Did they get it wrong? Are you looking forward to this? Do you hate the All-Star game? Gonna ask all of these questions when we come back. 
back here on the Lockdown NBA Show. I'm joined by Matt Moore. Matt, the All-Star Reserves were announced today. And let's go through the Eastern Conference list. Jimmy Butler, Ben Simmons, Kyle Lowry, Chris Middleton. DeMontis Sabonis, I was excited to see him on there. That was well-deserved in my opinion. Jason Tatum, Bam Adebayo. Let's just stick in the Eastern Conference for a second. Do you have any problems with any of those guys? I have a little bit of a problem with Sabonis. Oh, no! You hurt me! Uh, no, you like, hurt me! Look, look, I think a lot of it's... it's um, okay, so I'm writing about Devontae Graham right now, who is not amongst the list of snubs. Like, nobody's really paying attention to him. Mm-hmm. Devontae Graham is one of only four players that is top ten in the league in both three-pointers made and assists. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't seriously have an argument to make for Devontae Graham because he's not a, a yeah, player yeah, defensively. Yeah. The Hornets are terrible, and he's shooting under 40% from the field. Um, he's shooting great from three. Like 40% from three, but under 40 from the field. Yeah, wow. so okay. I, but he's averaging he's averaging eighteen and eight. Well, Demonis Sabonis is averaging eighteen, and I think uh, it's either eight or twelve rebounds. The numbers are are basically like approximate in terms of added value. Uh, like yeah. so, my thing is like, well, why was this guy really rewarded? I feel like a lot of it is just they couldn't reward Brogdon because Brogdon has missed a lot of games. Depot has obviously been out, and so it's like, oh, we'll go ahead and give it to Sabonis because he's a really good player. I and think we, he's their best player. Other than old, old I, people, I, I don't. Nece- I don't even necessarily disagree with that. I just there are very few games where you see Devonis Sabonis like actually carry them. If there are more, mm. maybe I've missed them. I've watched the, the Pacers a, a, a decent amount. He's a high impact player. Yeah, he makes them better in all sorts of ways. I love Sabonis. I think he's great. But I think for all star purposes, you put that up against like what what some of the other guys are doing and I have a hard time like managing it. Especially when like I watch the Pacers and I'm just like, oh, they have so many good guys. Like Aaron Holiday's playing great. TJ Warren's killing it. They like, do have a lot of guys. And they, they and they play a very fun style, yeah. a very balanced style of like, basketball. If, I, my favorite style to be honest. If coaches on I'm not even kidding. If coaches were not selected if like the players selected coaches or the media selected the all star coaches and it wasn't just based off a record like Nate McMillan might be my choice just for like how oh, I he's see, managed yeah. everybody. Yeah, he's been really impressive. He's been great, especially for a team that doesn't play a lot of three-point modern basketball. Right. Like they just make things work, and it's really they're good on both ends. Yeah. Um, look, Bradley Beal's uh, his fiance apparently made a huge stink about it. Went on TV and blasted people. I don't know why she's on TV, but right. she huh. was. I guess hey, better her than me. Uh, I understand the arguments against Beal, which are like, okay, he hasn't played defense at all this year. He's putting up a lot of numbers on a team that's that basically pad stats. I get it, um, <laughs> but a lot of but a lot of it for me is also like, look, we can't sit there and say like, well, your defense matters, and then also say Trey Young's the All Star start. Like, yeah. we got to be a little oh, consistent right. yeah, here yeah, for sure. About and this gets to my whole thing, which is, I just got to tell you, like, I argued about All Star for so many years online. I am now at a point I just actively do not care yeah like i think that's a healthy way to be though i just i've decided that we need to care way more about all nba and when we have hall of fame discussions it needs to never be he was a 17 time all-star it needs to start with he was a 17 time like he was a 13 time all nba selection or he was a you know five time first team all nba two time mvp but like all-star needs to be like a subline way way long down below because we've made it to where you know Beal's fiance's argument was, well, he was number two in the player vote. Okay, but the players voted for all sorts of nonsense. And we know they voted for all sorts of nonsense. And yeah, the main votes did wind up mattering where they did, but they're clearly also not taking it seriously because they are attributing votes randomly throughout the league. Everybody gets a vote. So I just don't know, like, 
if the process is as jacked up with a fan vote putting in Alex Caruso oh, and yeah, the media so vote yeah. having having a variety of issues you can argue yeah, with. Yeah, they do. I can't really... The system really is dumb. It's just it, the entire thing is a little bit ludicrous for a game where nobody plays defense anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, that East, though, has some... There's some players in the Eastern Conference uh, on this list. This is a good... I look at the All-Star... I'm happy look, for Bam. Yeah, Bam yeah, is oh. the one that I'm really so excited about. Bam's an interesting case because... He is a guy that I think the mold oftentimes gets overlooked, but he's done such a great job at that. I mean, he's a great player, but he's been so good at that that role that he's not even overlooked. I mean, to me, it's like he's an easy one. And he has more to his game. Like I actually think he's that great pa- he can pass. He's a great passer. Yeah, no, he I'm, I'm a little excited for Jokic versus Bam and a little bit of of, of the centers running full court point. I, that's what I want to see in the All Star. I think he has two game winners against Bam, so maybe we'll get a third one. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> um, going over to the Western Conference, Nikola Jokic made it uh, despite Chuck's uh, protest. Damian Lillard, Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, Chris Paul, Brandon Ingram, Russell Westbrook. I do have a problem on this side. Russ. Yeah, I think that's a, that's that's a little bit of an interesting. The West is the West guards really really tough. I think this is this is my my primary argument. Um, I was talking about this with uh, your your colleague Brendan Vote before the um, before this game. So one, if we're gonna, if we've already admitted that this entire process is farcical and ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. If we're gonna say that the entire process is farcical and ridiculous, isn't rewarding long-term greatness and validating their careers consistently to add to make sure that those streaks are not interrupted just as good as anything else. You have to understand that I'm the curmudgeon that didn't like when Dirk got an honorary vote. <laughs> like, I'm yeah. the one person on earth that was like, this is stupid. Yeah, and I appreciate I appreciate the, cons- the, the, cons- yeah. the consistency there. I think a lot of it, too, is like um, the, the Rockets fans will turn to his numbers over the last two months, and the counter-argument is, what about his numbers the first two months? And that's fair... Um, the bigger problem I have is, honestly, when his numbers were terrible, Houston was winning. And when his numbers got better, Houston started losing. And, like, these things I do not think are necessarily related, but they're also not not related. Um, I don't mind it just because I also – this is also one of those things where, much like with a number of things in the world, I, I just – in my old age, I'm like, there are things in this world I can't control. The coaches are going to vote in Russell Westbrook. Yeah. That's what they're going to do. Yeah. They're not going to take Devin Booker over Russell Westbrook. For a team that is that is on pace for fifty wins, Westbrook versus... is fun. I will say this: Westbrook yeah. is worth the price of admission every single time. And I'm not even a big Westbrook guy. Like right. I, I'm, a, I'm a guy that likes the the actual useful production or whatever. Yeah. Um. But man, for an All Star game, I'm, I'm kind of glad he's there just for that. Well, for and, entertainment. Look, and by that same token, I will say, you want to who am I actually? I don't think deserves. Oh. Let me see if I can guess which one. Is it? We're talking about the West over here. Yeah. I can't imagine. I can't imagine you saying any of the names on here. Maybe, I don't know who. Rudy Gobert. Whoa, wow. So, here's you my... You realize thing. this is locked on NBA, right? I, we we right. can't say I have to right. bleep that out on the show. So, no, look. R- Rudy Gobert, I think, is unquestionably third-team All-NBA. I think he is... Behind? Behind Jokic and Embiid. Mm, okay. I, think it's, I think it's Jokic, Embiid... And Gobert, okay. and honestly, I might be like, if you want to like, because of the minutes, if the you want to, pu- yeah. if you want to push me on second, yeah, with how much Embiid drives me nuts with not being able to handle a double team, yeah, I'm, I might be good with it. 
But my problem with the All-Star thing is like this. Okay, a one. If we're going to admit that's farcical, it's not the best 12 players in the league. Like, that's not what it is. Right, right. It's not the, the best 12 seasons. It's like this amalgam of stardom and popularity and yeah. the fan vote. Like, all this nonsense. Like, what's it all ultimately for? Ultimately, it's for the All-Star game. And you cannot have a guy in the All-Star game be a guy that cannot produce points on his own. Now, he did tonight. He, he did also, pretty well tonight. But he didn't produce shots on his own, though. But he had, you know, like, three or four possessions, I think. Wow, okay. But the other thing is his best skill. This I, I want to, for the record, I disagree with you. I think he deserves in. But I do think that, what is he good at? Blocking shots, protecting the rim, and making people shoot the ugliest shots possible. You don't want that in an All-Star game? Exactly. Get that out of here. Yeah, like, Are, is there going to be no points in the paint we voted, in Again, game? we voted Trey Young as an All-Star starter. Clearly, we don't care yeah, about actually, defense. Yeah, it's so true, yeah. So this is the thing. is like is like I just wanted to decide, like, all right, this is a meaningless exhibition that's for fun and show and flash. Yeah. And the the reality is, as, as much as, like, I know what it meant for Rudy to get this, and I'm happy for him. And again, I think he's an All-Star caliber player. When we talk talk about all-star what we really mean is like is he a great great player yeah. is he a great among great players i think rudy gobert is a great among great players i think he's all nba caliber i just don't necessarily know that like if if i don't like it's not an insult for me to be like the all-star game is stupid so i don't and i don't think rudy gobert is, yeah. like, belongs in it it's not an insult because i'm like i'm not taking the game seriously because no one takes the game seriously and if we're not we shouldn't take players that take the game seriously. And Rudy Gobert, to his credit, takes the game seriously. Yeah. Oh, he does. And I and I do like that. Now, speaking of taking the game seriously, they made these rule changes. Oh, my God. The press release was kind of ridiculous. I actually think that the rule changes are actually super simple, but it's phrased kind of crazy. The only thing I want to talk about here is the Elam ending. Because I am such a huge fan of the Elam ending in an All-Star game. I don't think it should ever be adopted to a game that actually matters. Hi. My Chiefs are playing in the Super Bowl in two days, and you want to bring up the name Elam to me? Because right <laughs> that is not... I, I'm begging you. Hey, man, you 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 are just 48 hours away from possibly one of the, your best uh, sports moments. Nope. No. I, 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 There's going to be a game winner in the All-Star game, and I'm happy about that. Yeah, um, I think it might work out great. Let me explain real quick. The Elam ending is that at the end of the game... Starting the fourth quarter, there will be a set number. It's going to be 24 points more than the team that has the most points. And once you get to that, so it might be, it's probably going to be like 165 or something like that. Yeah, let's say it's going it, to let, be let, let's 140 spot, probably. Let's spot, yeah, let's spot it at 145 to 138. Well, here's what's funny about that. So the Elam ending, so they're going to put 24 points on top of the highest score, whichever team has the highest score for the fourth quarter. In an All-Star game, that might be four minutes. The yeah. fourth quarter might last four minutes. They, I like I, trying to be sentimental or whatever. Should have made it like way more points than that. Maybe done a second half 81 or something. So anyway, I am worried that the uh, All-Star game is going to end like super quick. But it's going to come down to a game winner. When you're up there and you know that the next two points end the game, I, first of all, who takes the shot? Does anybody pass? Is it just the last five minutes of the game or just teams just trying to jack up game winners? Not in this one because like literally all those guys are going to be wanting... They're like the only shots that those guys have been taking for the game winner are all going to be Kobe fadeaways. They're all. You think so? They're all going to be Kobe <laughs> fadeaways, which is why I kind of hope that somehow, by some freak occurrence or like whatever, like Jokic just happens to be on the floor and hits a, like a, a nice hook shot, just yeah, like a nice, yeah, yeah. like a nice solid hook shot. Like, look, um, th- here's my concern. 
What if the score is like one thirty six one hundred after three? There's like oh the, yeah the, yeah the the West starters the West team just like nobody hits shots like yeah. there was a, like there was an injury and they don't have Steph this year and they don't have Clay yeah. they don't have it like well they well it's schoolyard pick though so like oh yeah that's true like like the team LeBron is down like is, is down huge Russ is jacking up shots and missing yeah. everything. Um, Elam ending doesn't get that cool at that point. No, but you know what they'll do though, because this is how they work. Is like the team that's up, Team Giannis or whatever, will start tanking down. Like they'll just quit playing. just to get it exciting. Just to get, and th- but that's like gonna look so stupid <laughs> when they do that. So I don't know. Like, look, I, I think um, I said this on Twitter today, and I think it was it was one of my better tweets today, which was, uh, look, as somebody that overcomplicates literally everything in his life. Let me ex- let me please implore you. Do not try and say it's not that complicated. That never works. Anytime that you're talking about something and people are like, "This is super complicated," and you're like, yeah, yeah. "It's actually not that complicated." Yeah. Never works. <laughs> I think it's fine. Um, I think uh, I think some of the players will be confused about it. I really want to make sure that once Jokic hears about the rules, that he, I want to ask him to explain them to me. Yeah. I want to hear him <laughs> trying to find it. He's but, just going to pretend to understand. He won't actually understand. He won't like, actually oh yeah, understand. I get it. Totally. You, you score the points, and then he might he, accidentally hit a game winner. Just, yeah. Why is everybody celebrating? Why is, why is everybody so excited? And so maybe it'll be great. I'm open to it. I think I do agree with some of the sentiments expressed today on Twitter that anything you can do to make this game more exciting is good. Um, and I think that okay with this. I think that fans very much want and will appreciate the ode to Kobe Bryant. So mm-hmm. I think that that will. Um, I think that'll serve what those fans want yeah. in, in a meaningful way. Yeah, I agree. Let's take a break. When we come back on the other side, we're going to power rank something as we do every single week as we head you off into the weekend. We'll be right back. Are you the type of fan that knows football so well that you could choose any game and call it? I am. MyBookie is the place for you because they let you turn all your sports knowledge into cash in your wallet. Coming up, it's the best best day of the year to gamble. The big game. The big game. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh. I'm going to have to beep this out. The big game is coming up, and it's the best day of the year to gamble. It's honestly one of that, and I can, can I talk about the college basketball 64 bracket? Are yeah. all of these things trademarked that yes, I can't they say are. anything? Okay. They are. Those are my two favorite days. I don't gamble except for those two things. It's extremely fun. And when I do, I go to my bookie and I use the promo code LOCKED ON. If you join right now, my bookie will match your deposit halfway, all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $2,000, you get an extra thousand in free money to play with. That's big time. So visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, to close out this weekend and send you off into your big game weekend, we are going to power rank as we always do uh, something. And this week we're going to talk about players who most embody Mamba mentality. Mamba mentality is this thing that doesn't actually mean – I mean, I think we all – Kind of know what it means, but it means maybe nothing also at the same time. I guess you know it when you see it. You're going to do this. Usually I'm the one that does this and Anthony laughs at me. You're going to do it this week, and I'm going to laugh at you. Okay. So we're going to start counting backwards. Number 10. Number 10, Jamal Murray of the oh. Denver Nuggets. Plays through injury, focused on meditation, believes in his own mythos. It's a good one. This Fo- one. A sneaky good one. Focused very much on his individual scoring, a capable passer, wants to be better in all phases of the game. Did he ever do push-ups in the snow? I have to believe that he did. I'm he sure did. I'm, okay. and I think actually his dad paid for a snowblower, like a fake <laughs> snow just, machine. Just to blow and snow just on to, him. Just to blow snow on him to make sure that he did it. 
Uh, you know who's going to really like this ranking is Jamal Murray. He'll very much like that. <laughs> he's really I, well, no, he'll be upset that he's not number one. Well, that's true. Because he that has a mama true. mentality. That is right. And he'll be very, very angry. Uh, All right, number ten's good. Number nine. Number nine, Jimmy Butler, because as famously number nine, number nine, as wow. famously once said, as, number nine, as he passes too much otherwise, as famously <laughs> once said, as famously once said by not one executive but many executives around the league, no one is better at telling you how hard they work. Oh, I love this. No take. one works harder. I love this team. No one works harder at telling you how hard they work. Is it for the gram? Is it for the grams? And the whole projection of how much you you just care about winning and how much you want to win, not caring whether you're an asshole to people, not caring about other people's not caring about other people's feelings, alienating others. If Kobe checks a lot of boxes. If Kobe Bryant came up in the player empowerment era, he would definitely have bounced around had he not landed with the Los Angeles oh, Lakers. I love that take. It's an interesting one. Jimmy, well, first of all, yeah, landing with the Lakers is Jimmy like, Butler uh, is is very much of the mama mentality. I would have had him like number two, I think. So this is a very surprising number. He's nine. a very willing passer and he's not taking threes this year. Okay. All right. Okay. Number eight. Uh Devin Booker, actually. Okay. I so I think it. I think a lot of it with Devin is uh, the singularity of focus. The fact that we'll say this, I think Devin, as much as like the double teams, so like, that's an example of not mama mentality, complaining about about doubles. And oh, no doubt about it. You're right, actually. This should dock him. But I might take him all the way off my that's list. That's why he's eighth, and he's also a really good passer. But the other thing is that um, he does have a real attention to detail, and he has a real knowledge of the game, and he has a real like he genuinely looks at his own game and is self reflective and is like I need to do better at this, and that kind of of obsessive notion about yourself I think really does kind of translate. Devin Booker won me over this year. I was yeah. not a Devin Booker guy. I like how he played, and it's kind of funny because him not making the All Star team this year when I thought he started playing his best. Smartest basketball mm-hmm. is kind of a it almost feels cruel. Uh, number seven. Okay, we're talking about players that embody the mama mentality that they're they have absolute confidence in themselves. The thing about Kobe and the mama mentality was the belief that you could be great and that nothing should stand in your way yeah. and that you should be the one to shoot. So number seven is Jordan Clarkson. <laughs> so you know what? Uh, tonight you, you got it. You're you're right. He definitely he was he, he had the mama, mama mentality tonight. And look, I mean Jordan legitimately was uh, was close with Bryant from his time there, and like has a relationship with him. Um, he didn't actually like I think uh, uh, yeah he he did. And so um, he focuses on that rim, man. I'll tell you what. Yeah. And when he's going in, it looks great. Yeah. And there was actually a sequence late tonight when the Jazz teammates were like, "We have an offense, man." Yeah. But hey, hey, their offense wasn't working. Jordan Clarkson yeah, offense wasn't working. Snyder, and Quinn Snyder said after the game, "Hey, if it went in, when no one's complaining about it, I was totally fine with that shot." Uh, uh, number six. So this is actually an interesting one because of his assist rate, and people will be uh, livid about it. But there's a reason that Kobe Bryant actually said uh, to someone, "He's the next one about this next player at number six. Uh, it's because this player will not change the way he plays. He's going to do what he's going to do. He's always going to approach the game the same way. He doesn't care about the workload. He will play every game that he can possibly get into. He wants to win as many MVPs as possible. It's James Harden at number six. Wow. I, oh, man. <laughs> I know how Anthony feels. <laughs> what? What? What Look, are we talking about? He tries to play absolutely every game. You have to peel him off the court. He's okay. constantly going. He okay. wants to put up 40 in every wow. single game that he goes for. You know, we have a lot of Lakers fans that listen to this one because Anthony Costa, they are they have just like thrown something at their radio. He's always willing. Phone, he's he always to willing to take wow. the shot. Is there ever a time when James Harden's not willing to take the shot? Yeah, I mean, the playoffs? <laughs> hey, he's willing to take them. He'll just miss them. <laughs> okay. Wow. I... 
I'm glad you left this one in. I'm glad you put that one in, just for the pure absurdity. We're going to get some hate mail. I can't wait for it. Uh, number five. Uh, is Top another, five years. Is another big. player that was very close to him. Um, a singularity of mind. Uh, also very much believes in his own mythos. Also buys into his own... Uh, like a, Very much into thinking of himself as a muse of the game. Okay. Uh, those kind of things. It is none other than the Flat Earth's greatest... Oh Kyrie yeah, Irving, oh, yeah no five. doubt about it. And I like that he's number five, because he's the guy that I think would be most upset about not being number one on this yeah. list. But I agree, actually. Um, for all of my concerns uh, with the mom mentality, and I actually don't believe it's the best way to approach basketball in any way, shape, or form, um, but number four, uh, I'm actually putting him in number... <laughs> we just skimmed past Kyrie. All right, that's fine. Uh, I'm putting number four on this list, uh, and actually, as a real honor to him, I've given this player a lot of grief through the years. Uh, I once referred to him as Costco Kobe. Uh, <laughs> Costco, Costco. But I love Costco. This, but this is Big a player. Fan. Exactly. This is a player. I asked, I said that once. I was like, I don't understand what's an insult. Costco is great. Exactly. Kobe's a, a legendary got player. All the little snacks everywhere. It's pretty it's good. It's pretty good. Uh, this player, though, he plays an old school style of game. He grew up emulating Kobe. He is from um, that part of California. He this he took the, the loss of, of Kobe Bryant very difficult, Ooh. and he has dedicated himself. Um, he also, I will say this, like on the night of, of Brian's unfortunate passing, uh, this guy showed up to work, and I have all the respect in the world for this guy. I do too. I do too. I, I don't think you had to. I think it was okay for any player to take the night off. I agree. But I, I definitely respect this guy for going out there and playing. Uh, number four is DeMar DeRozan. I like it. I like it. I like that pick a lot. And you're right. L.A. guy. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously one of the people that really idolized him, and then of course he's another one of those guys going to play his game. Uh, I have to switch these two real quick. Number three is going to be a player that's always ready for the big moment, that believes in his own confidence, that also executes with um, a ruthlessness. Now, his mentality, I don't necessarily know if it's that because this is a very supportive person. This is a very guy that lifts other guys up. He's mm. a very positive person, so yeah, I'm not so sure. This doesn't sound right. It doesn't sound <laughs> it, but I have to admire it this way because my mentality also, I think he's talked about it manifesting itself in certain moments. You want to strive for that greatness, and greatness is not determined by everything that you do. It's in certain key moments. Uh, and this player is as cold-blooded in the key moments as any player you're ever going to find. And that's why number three is Damian Lillard. Oh, yeah. I don't know. He was on my list. He's high. He, something about Dame's a little different. And I think for some of the reasons you were saying, like, I don't know if I would call that Mamba mentality. But it's definitely, definitely the part of it that has this, like, I just think Dame's always going to win. Yeah. If he's if you're winning, if he's in it. Yep. If he's in it, I'm just like, okay, it's gonna happen. And then like, you know, you had the Westbrook him back and forth earlier this week. Just knew he was gonna come out and play and perform. And he yeah. did. He just knew he was. Yeah. So I'm with it. That's a great pick. Uh number two, I think, uh really embodies the Melon mentality because this guy uh takes no prisoners. He does not care about you when you're on the floor. He is willing to yell at whoever he's got to. He is singularly focused, he has absolute belief in himself. Uh, he is devoted to the game, yeah, and he believes 100% in that focus, and he wants to be the greatest, and he will not take any... He has never in his life, under any circumstances, even when there are better players on the floor, he has never taken a step backwards. Mm, I, I was, I'm going to switch two and one, but go ahead. Number two is Russell Westbrook. Yeah. He's my number one. Oh. He's my number one. To me, because there's a little bit of stubbornness to this whole thing too. Mm-hmm. I mean, in my opinion, yes. there's like this inverse, yes. there's like this virtue and vice yes. all wrapped in a, a perfect that's marriage. Why, that's why I wrote on Action Network about Brian, my most impressive season, the season I loved the most from him was 2009 
2009 was the year when he really brought together and said, I know I can do all these things. Right. I don't have to, and we win if I do these other things. And that was the best passing season of his career. He spent so much time wondering if he could that he never stopped to think he should. should. <laughs> Except for 2009. So number one, give it to Tall Westbrook. Uh, well, no, I think he's actually shorter. Okay. Yeah. Oh, maybe we have different... Oh, okay. I see where we're going. Uh, this player is an absolute... Wow, I'm interested. This is an interesting This player... List. Is an absolute asshole to every teammate that he's ever had. Uh, this player is obsessed. This is the only. I will say this. I've I've said this. I have said this, to a fault. I have said this since the since this player was 24 years old. I said that this is the only player in the league that I truly believe cares about winning as much as Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant did. This mm. is the only player I've ever. He is obsessive about his craft. He keeps himself in. Has this player shape. won? He put. He puts that mama mentality is not about winning, baby. It's, it's about, about it's about the, the approach. Desire to win. It's about the it's about the approach. Okay. Not yeah, everybody right. gets drafted by the Lakers. Yeah. This player number one is Chris Paul. Yeah, I like. That's a great list. That's a great list. You are. So I have to ask you because I do think that he is he is up there. I think Westbrook and Chris Paul easily in the top three. I'm surprised Giannis didn't make the list. So the thing with Giannis um, is he's got a ferocity to his game that I think is definitely emblematic of the mama mentality. Obsessive work. Obsessive, uh, obsessive, work, obsessive ethic. work ethic. Yeah. Obsessive and doesn't talk about it all the time. Right. Um, one of the keys, however, is that is that Giannis is. I actually admire this about Giannis is he's so focused on winning that if you put four guys in the paint. He's gonna pass. Yeah, and he's gonna yeah. pass every single time. And so he's a bit a little a little Mamba mentality, a little LeBron maybe mentality. Yeah. To make the right play. If you take if you take the LeBron mentality, the King mentality, whatever it is, that mentality and the Mamba mentality, and you found a nexus between them, that's yeah. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Interesting, interesting. I like it. This is an interesting list. Look, it was a lot of fun. It's hard to you know be that much of a, a psychotic competitor but there are some there's some guys in this league i think westbrook chris paul those guys that's one of the things psychotic that, I, mean, I would call look, it in a good one, way it's one of the things I've, I've started thinking about this a lot just with like the load management and the drain that i see this going through and when i learned how much of the the drag of the season was mental i started to appreciate why coaches love these guys so much oh yeah about why yep. it was because they were just like it's not like it's easy to get up for a playoff game that's exciting. That's fun. It means something. Yeah. It's about going in there every single night and being like, this is my job and yeah. I'm going to kill you. Right. I'm going to kill you for every single second I'm on the floor. There's a, It's a pain to losing, right? There's guys you can tell feel real pain when they lose on a Tuesday night on the road on it's the second not, night of a back-to-back. It's back. not just pain. Okay, so there's pain that wounds you, that hurts you, and there's pain that makes you angry. That's what, yeah. And the pain that makes you angry That's the one. is the one that these guys feel when yeah. they lose. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. No Jokic. Uh, surprisingly, <laughs> no. The most the most complimentary, highest impact, makes everyone better, always makes the right play player. No, did not qualify under my list. All right. Thanks so much. Hope you are heading off into your weekend now with a little bit of uh, a little bit of lightness, a little bit of levity. It has been a long one, I think, here in the basketball world. We will be back again on Monday with a full slate of shows. And uh, we'll see you then.